CFI sweethearts, welcome to another episode of the Coming For You podcast, aka CFI official podcast. I am your host, Maximiliana. So today we are continuing with part two of the Kilimanjaro Trekking 2024. I invited Oscar again. As you may know, Oscar is the managing director for Tanzania Escapage, uh, which is a leading trekking and safari experts based in Arusha, Tanzania. So, Oscar, how is your weekend going so far? Oh, uh, hello, Maxi. Thank you for inviting me again today. Uh, my weekend is fabulous. We had an amazing time with the family and friends. And um, I'm good. I'm good. How about you? Great. Um, fantastic. I'm doing great. Mm. I am grateful. Um, so, as you promised our CFI sweethearts last weekend. You will share with them your story of how you got into tourism business and so forth. So you better fulfill your promise today. Are you ready? Ah, I was born ready, you know. Okay. <laughs> All right. Tell them then. It was quite a journey. I always wanted to be uh, working in tourism industry. But you know, my, my parents were not very supportive for me to go on um, uh, self-employment or working in the private sector. My, my father always believed in working in a government or civil servant, uh, like a teacher or a doctor and things like that. So when I finished my secondary school, um, my grades uh, was allowing me to go to a teaching college. And I literally got a post to go to a teaching college, but I didn't want to. I was against my parents' idea to go to do something they want. Uh, you know, I always thrive to do something I will enjoy, something I'll be happy to do on a daily basis. You know, in this life, if you're just going to do something just to make other people happy, I don't think it will take you anywhere. But as long as you will make a decision to do something that is um, a passion, a passion, you can work nicely. Uh, so... It was quite a journey for me to, to be where I am today. But um, I, I had people mentoring me. I, I tried to do what I wanted to do. So I did not go to the college that I was supposed to go. So I will tell you how it happened. I got my post to go to the teaching college. My parents prepared everything for me. I left home and I was going to, to this college in Tanga. It's called the Eckenford College. And, and on my way... From from the village where my parents live, I, I stopped in a small town called Moshi. So I contacted a few of my friends. I told them, you guys, what's your plan? And they said, oh, well, we want to go to do the teaching college. And I convinced them to not go to the teaching college so we can go to the tourism college. Because we always... <laughs> We always wanted to... How dare you? Yes, I managed... How do you just... Oh my God, how did you do that? I conv... Were you friends for a long time? Yes, we went to the same school together. Okay. Yes, so we, are, we were good friends and then we were like, we are going to separate? No. So I was like, I will convince them we can go to the to the college where I want to go. Not the teaching college, the tourism college. So my, my two other friends, I managed to convince them. They joined me. We went to get the joining instruction form. We filled in and we joined a tourism college instead of the, the teaching, teaching college. college. Yes. So we started doing our classes and everything is fine. My parents were calling me, checking up on me. I was telling them everything is fine. Little they knew uh, that I'm not at the teaching college. I was doing something else. But you know, in the college, you get like the reports every time. Eh? So mm -hmm. my parents requested for the, for the results. What are the results for the first time? How are you doing at the college? 
so I had nothing to show because I cannot take them the, to, to bring the result from different college, uh, from different uh, things that they are not expecting. So I was like here and there telling them, well, I'll bring, I'll bring, I wasn't bringing. And then, and then my father said, I will not pay any school fees from now. I will not send you any um, pocket money until I see some results from the college or I will contact the college so that I can tell them, uh, I can ask myself because you're not cooperating. And then it was very difficult for us. That's when the entrepreneurship kicked in for the first time because I never knew that at that very early stage of my education, uh, trying to go to a college to do what I like, I'm getting support from the parents. Suddenly I have no money for food. Suddenly I have no money to pay for the rent. Suddenly I have no school fees. So I had to talk to my friends and tell them, guys, what are we going to do? Now I'm not getting any money from my parents and we will have to find a way to survive. So one one of my friends said, we, we will find a way to get some uh, some money for this term, but we have to invest this money and whatever profit we will get from this money, we will try to survive. And then we can find a way to get the, the college fee for the second term. <sighs> that was very hard. And then I spoke to my brother, who is my elder brother. I explained the situation and then he sent me some money. And my other friend spoke to his uh, brother. He got some money and my other friend got some money as well. So I told them what we are going to do that cannot affect our classes during the day and so that we can still get an income. Well, and then that's when I brought up the idea to be a newspaper vendor like a small shop to, to buy a um, newspaper in the morning and then uh, we can split. Uh, one of us can be at the shop from morning until like 10 and then the rest we go to the college and one of us will leave the college at 10 back to the shop and that one who was uh, left at the shop will go to the college at 10, stay until evening and the one who stayed until uh, 12 will uh, until 1 will go take the shift so we give ourselves an, a timetable where we will be able to be full time at the shop at the same time at the college wow. so in the evening we can exchange uh, notes and what we have been taught in that way we will we will survive well how long were you able to do that one year wow that's quite a long time yes for one year that's what we did and 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 we we i i suggested to do a newspaper vendor shop because you don't get lost the newspaper you don't sell you can always return and get the new one. Oh yeah i didn't know about that <laughs> yes yes so if you buy if you buy uh 30 newspapers for selling today for today's news uh and then you pay maybe uh 15,000 shillings and then you sell 10 newspapers and 20 newspapers were not sold tomorrow you can replace those with current news oh okay with today's current news okay yes so you you cannot lose money you will gain profit as much as you're selling if you don't sell you will retain your your investment but you will not lose wow that's interesting uh-huh yes so you know that time uh, during my time when we were we were doing this business one newspaper was uh 300 retail yeah. you remember yeah 300 uh, th tanzanian shillings yeah, 300 Tanzanian shillings. Uh, we buy the newspaper for 270 shillings. So you get 30 cents profit in every newspaper that you sell. That's very small. <laughs> yes, it's it, it was tiny. But um, if you sell 20 newspapers, you do the math. Three, uh, three times 10, 
that's what 300 so we would get 600 shillings you can get um corn flour you can get vegetable and and tomato and onion and you can make ugali the stiff porridge yeah and your day will go by before you know it so so we did that but you know how we were missing classes every day it was encouraging us to to study hard learn from what your friend learned in the morning teach them what you learned in afternoon and your other friend will teach you what they learned in the evening so we were teaching each other every day for one year we were already practicing to become teachers what we were avoiding to do so we finally became <laughs> teachers wow <laughs> karma should we call it a yes. karma <laughs> yes so what we were avoiding to do from our parents that's what we ended up doing on our exams we did very well we got the good grades if i was not the first in class my my housemate was the first or my other mate was the was the first either one of us three will lead wow <laughs> and we did students yes we did a very good job on our last examinations for the college when we graduated thanks to my uh, my principal prince hanusi he was our head uh, principal of the college he liked us a lot and he he knew what we were doing to survive he even you know sometime when you don't pay your your fees on time we explained the situation he understood and even though because we were collecting this money a little bit at a time he he allowed us to pay it in in small portions when we were we were finishing our our studies there was a um, job position in tanga there there was a new college opening in tanga for tourism it was called um uh, royal academy institutes of tourism and hotel management yes they had teachers there but some of them were going to work in private companies some of them they were not working uh, full time and they asked me oscar are you familiar with tanga region and i said yes my brother lives there i've been going there many times yes i'm familiar with the place and they said there's a job there would you be happy to be an assistant tour guide lecturer in tanga and then i was like well that that's not what i wanted to do to be a teacher but i can do that while i'm holding on to find a, a job that i want in a private company or whatever that will come up that is in the tourism sector before i knew i was offered a very good salary a salary that i never dreamt of i was like this is too good to be true it was like how much in tanzanian shillings those days 2007 i was offered 400,000 shillings that was a lot of money for me ah okay <laughs> Okay. For me at least who <laughs> never earned more than what I thought you are talking about maybe 4 millions then No 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 that time 400,000 for me as a student and a college leaver who just finished and who was struggling to get a, to get one meal per day it was like a heaven came to me I quite agree So I was like I was offered a house I was offered a transport and a 400,000 salary I was like maybe this is a dream come true I will go teach because uh, all the studies that are um, supposed to teach those are the studies that i i passed by 100% a plus so it was not a difficult job for me to do i ended up doing the teaching for two years my story begins how i met my first private company to work with so during the time i was working in tanga as a teacher i i was also doing a side hustle there's a hotel called ocean breeze hotel in tanga uh, owned by uh, mr masi very good guy god bless him uh, i used to go there they used to call me if they have a tour 
tourists who were asking for a day trips. So I would go there, organize like day trips to uh, uh, Tongoni uh, ruins, to go to Amboni caves, to go to the island on the Indian Ocean and town trips. This was giving me extra income. And, you know, um, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I was doing two jobs as a teacher and also organizing uh, trips, excursions for clients uh, and tourists who are coming into Tanga. It was something that I enjoyed doing, even though it was not easy. Every day you sleep late in the morning, you have to wake up early, go for teaching. You finish teaching like at four in the evening. You go to work in this hotel, talking to the clients, organizing trips and all this. So one day, one day I was walking in town and suddenly I met these two gentlemen. Uh, his name is uh, Charles Milton and uh, Dan Coyle. Th- these two gentlemen, they're British. You know something that they call fly catcher? I don't know if they no, still do. No, no, no. What's that? A fly catcher is, uh, is a kind of um, vendors who are just uh, going around town looking for people who are tourists, sell them trips or to show them around so they can get paid. So he talked to them. They were like, uh, where are you from? I said, I'm from Moshi, but I, I live and work here. And Charles Milton said, well, actually, my girlfriend is from Moshi. She's Chaga. I said, well, that's that's nice. They said, OK, we would like to do some things, but later you can meet us at the hotel. We can we can have dinner there and we can discuss what you can tell us what we can do because we don't know anything. All right. In terms of guiding them as tourists. Yes. So that that evening we organized to meet at uh, six just before dinner so we can discuss about the options, what they want, they, what they can do and explain to them what they can do while they're in Tanga, what they can do in Pangani. I explained everything. They said, well, that's very interesting. We like it. And we would like you to organize a three-day trip for us and tell us the price and so that we can we can confirm that we are going. So I gave them an itinerary and they liked it. And they said, we will pay. Please organize us a, a private car that you will be driving. And also on a third day, uh, arrange a pickup uh, on the fifth day to take us back to Tanga town and book was a bus. Uh, those days, there was a Scandinavian buses. You remember those? Yes. Yes, Scandinavian buses that were going East Africa. They were going back to Dar es Salaam. Then I organized everything perfectly. And they paid me very well. They gave me a very good tip. And then while on the last day, when I went to pick them up, to drop them up at the bus, so they can catch a bus to Dar es Salaam, uh, Dan Quell said, by the way, we are planning to open a company in Moshi. And we, we like you. We like what you're doing. And um, please, if you can work with us, we will be happy to have you on, the, on board. And then, I was, and then I said, okay. You know, they're saying they're going back to the UK and they'll be back. You know, sometimes you cannot rely on promises. But then I was like, maybe they will uh, offer me a job. And this is what I always wanted to do. I said, okay, when you guys are already coming, I will be happy to join the team. And then we can move to, to Moshi and work. In those days, they were working with students from different uh, universities in the UK that they were climbing Kilimanjaro, uh, traveling to Tanzania for charity. Yes, Birmingham University, Manchester, uh, UCL, University College London, uh, Loughborough, different universities in the UK. So there was many, many students coming to climb Kilimanjaro. And uh, we said goodbye. I went back to my normal routine. They left. One month later, I get a call. Uh, It's a UK number. I pick up. Suddenly, it's the same guy who promised me that he will be coming uh, back to Tanzania for the business. They're like, Oscar, how are you doing? Good. Uh, Are you still in Tanga? I said, yes, please. We We are coming back. 
in few days and we are moving to Moshi. Are you still interested to join the team in Moshi? And then I said, yes, I am very interested. I will organize with my boss here where I work so that we can, I can move to Moshi. They said, that that's good. Well, a few days go by. They call me, they're in Dar es Salaam. They said, we are coming to pick you up. I had organized everything with my boss here. And they said, Oscar, you have worked with us perfectly. We would like to keep you. But as you're getting into what you always wanted to, it's a promotion for you. We give you all the blessing. You can go work. So I moved from Tanga back to Moshi. It was a new office, very challenging because they were not an um, experienced company. It was new, but they had clients. So, But for me, because I was already in the business for quite some time, it was actually a plus for them to have me on the, on the, on the team. And that's how I started working with my, my first company. Little that I knew, I ended up working for for them for seven years that's when i decided to be like okay now i'm dying to be employed and um, i have learned enough for me to be on my own and uh, i will move on so i consulted my boss and i told him my my plan to move to do something of my own he gave me all the blessings but you know i had introduced some uh, some tours in the company that they didn't have, the Swahili tour, that I organized trips to go to Zanzibar through Tanga, taking these Dao local, local Dao boats to the beach and taking the clients to different uh, excursions in Zanzibar, like the spice farm trip, uh, snorkeling at Mnemba, doing the, um, the st old stone town tour, the prison island, the Nakupenda island, the blue safari. All these trips, it was something that I invented in the company. Wow, you are quite an innovative guy. Yes, I am. And also I was since uh, those days. They quite made good money from my innovations. So he was like, we will not have you go empty-handed. You were working for us, but now we, are, we want to work with you. So the packages that you are handling in this company, now we will subcontract those to your company. So you and your team will organize everything. So we will pay you and you will do the job. That's how I, that's how I, I acquired my first client when I opened my first company. That sounds very inspiring. Yeah. So what, what I just want to tell the young guys and, and young people out there who are trying to thrive, to start something, to not be afraid. There's always a way of every end. Don't be afraid to start anything. You just need to be resilient. You just need to be encouraged. You just need to be confident. You need discipline. Yes. Talk to people who are, have done it. Eh? Learn from them. And, and you will not fail. Okay. On, our, on our next episode, I think I will share some key things for the young people who are trying to do something for themselves. What they should be thinking of, what they should plan of to break through the core yeah, so that course. they can achieve yeah. what they always desire. I quite agree. So before we, we finish, I, I was wondering, because I was trying to listen without interrupting you so that at least I can structure a few questions here. You refused to go yes. to teaching college, but mm. you found yourself now teaching. Uh, was it not challenging for you to teach? My point was not to have a job going every day to school doing the same thing with the same kids every day every day for the rest of my life i like to do different things i like to move here and there and i think by nature i'm a leader i'm not a person who sits and gets instruction from somebody 
So as a leader, I always wanted to to be able to organize things, to do things for people. And that's my passion. You know what will make you more happy? If I am organizing a trip for a person who is coming to climb Kilimanjaro for cancer people, for instance, you know, that's big. And how do you feel? When you are organizing a trip, uh, which is a bucket list for somebody who have planned this for like five or ten years. It feels very fulfilling. Yes, that's very fulfilling. Being part of those dreams come true. It's my passion. That's what I always wanted to, to make people feel good about what they are doing. And how do I become part of that? This is the only way I found to fulfill my desire. Thank it you. makes me very happy when I organize a trip. And my clients come back and say, this trip was phenomenal. It was amazing. It was beautiful. It was exceptional. We are very happy. We will recommend other people. And you know how the tourism chain works? You support so many people. When you're organizing Kilimanjaro trips, for example, you are supporting even a woman who is in the village growing vegetables because we are buying those for the mountain. We are buying food maize, corn flour, we are buying carrots, these things we are buying from the market. These women who have who are widows, who are, are small scale farmers, we are buying from them. They are supporting their kids to go to school. They are supporting their kids to, to get the health care. It's such a long chain that you're supporting without knowing. And you know how our families are. We, we have extended families here. You are born maybe two in your family or three, but suddenly you have your nephew, you have the, the daughter uh, granddaughter of your aunt, uh, your nephew of, of whatever, like the third generation there, they, they come to you as long as you can provide or can give something. You know how that works. Yeah. So a lot of tourists, including first timers like me, who have the biggest motivation to accomplish uh, their mm. dream of um, reaching at the top or let's say the highest peak in Africa, are very keen to hear the good side of things that they usually happen before and after climbing Kilimanjaro. Tell me about those adventurous moments. Okay, you know, Kilimanjaro has a lot of feelings, I must say. When you are conquering that mountain and the difficulties that you are going through by like the emotions, the attitude, and then and then your, your courage to say, I will com- make it to the top, I'll complete this. After you have gone all through those difficulties, that's when the good part comes. That, how did I manage to do this? There's nothing I cannot do. Just that feeling of you can do anything. Even that big mountain, you managed to do it. I don't think there's any barrier. Either it's at work, either it's at home, family issues, relationship. You get a lot of thoughts and feelings while you're you're trekking Kilimanjaro. And because you are you are doing that physically and mentally, in the real world, you will always overcome whatever thing that will come against you. Wow, that is interesting. Could it be that uh, the Kilimanjaro is the therapist I was always looking for? It is. Kilimanjaro is a therapy that everybody needs to do i am not kidding you know you know for me for me i've climbed kili many times many times i have counted more than what more than 90 summits kilimanjaro myself and i don't yes I count more than 90 summits. And in this case, I have not um, regretted any time that I went up there. And every time I went up there is different, I must tell you. Okay. 
If you have a thought, if you have something that you're thinking, you go up on that mountain, you will come back with a solution. Oh my God. Are you are you kidding me? Are you for real? I'm telling you, it's true. If I'm going through difficult time, if I'm going through um, ups and downs in relationship, family issues, whatever it is, I arrange a trip and I go up on the mountain. When I come back and I'm a brand new person, new thoughts, new thinking, new strategy, and I go. I cannot wait to have solutions to all of my problems after climbing mountain Kilimanjaro. Oh my God. I don't know. Somehow I feel inside me something is telling me that my life is going to change after i climb mountain kilimanjaro i don't know what but just something is telling me that just go and when you come back your life is going to change and you will see life differently really all right i'm looking forward to it then so um there are some famous camps in the mountain and some are named after people or like after situations or some events that happened during the process of climbing mountain kilimanjaro would you mind sharing those as well yes uh, those we can share but because of our time we can make that our next episode i'll be talking uh, about kilimanjaro roots and and i will be explaining uh, why those camps are named after and um, in that case we will have a very interesting uh, episode thank you so much maximiliana have a good evening and see you next week yeah so that is the end of episode 30 today so we really thank you cfi sweetheart for listening from the beginning of this episode to the end of this episode but just so you know this is just the beginning it's not the end it's the beginning of another episode that is going to be part three so see you next weekend and please do not forget to subscribe to our youtube channel and follow us on our social media platforms you just go and search cfi official podcast see you bye bye kwaheri